Ministries podcast. Normally, if you listen to the B side of the record, but this is what part four. Yeah, yeah, part four in our short Philly Faith series. I'm kind of sharing some things that happened on, on my most recent mission trip to Philly, mm-hmm. where I was supposed to, and then Mike skipped out on it, <laughs> and then we had to like stall. <laughs> Sorry, we did our best. We did our best. <laughs> Obviously, Speaking of stalling in the red zone. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. Yeah, I was gonna say we already yeah, talked about being a Cowboys fan. So, I guess I gotta add that in the intro now <laughs> for context. That's fine. Just short of the book. <laughs> so obviously, my co-host is back, Alpha Mike. How are we doing tonight? Fruity Pebbles, Mike is back. No, Fruity is not good. Alpha Mike's here. Mm. I gave you the pepper. He already bar. introduced like, that's a great yeah, cereal. That did help. That is yeah. a great cereal. <laughs> I love that cereal. <laughs> I don't know what to call you. I feel weird about saying bearded wonder. Breaded, I think, is another popular Breaded. one. Breaded wonder. Breaded right, wonder. That me makes me feel better. <laughs> misspelled it one time. <laughs> still dogging. This guy's new to dogging. Give me a break. <laughs> he already knows our love language. Yeah. Certainly does. I've been trying to grow a voluptuous beard like you've got my entire life, so I feel weird about calling you bearded wonder. I think it's jealousy. It's probably something I need to confess and work on. <laughs> I didn't have one until about seven years ago. So Yeah, well. I, I had just soul patch and like the weirdest. It takes me seven years to get that. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? I'm 30. I have no hope. <laughs> I'm 37. So my time has come and gone. It's just my dad doesn't have a beard. My grandpa didn't have a beard until right before he passed. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. There he is. It takes a minute. Mm-hmm. And my good friend, Pastor Mike, is back. How's it going? So happy to have you here. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite people. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I paid him. Just for the I record. Paid, I paid him to say that. All right. Just for, <laughs> just for the record. I came out of the womb with a beard. Just saying. <laughs> okay. That's weird. That's kind of scary. I don't know. Very weird. You said that deadpan. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Fairly hairy. My dad wanted to shave me down. He's the one to shave me down and taught me to talk. So, you know. Yeah, back here. <laughs> Does it go wide on the floor? <laughs> Forget I asked. I don't think I want to know. Well, I'm just being transparent. Yes, I do. <laughs> Before we dig I'll in, I'll post some personal on the yeah, B side. Yeah, we, we got to make this you know intimate. Yeah, intimate. That's right. That's one way to do it. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. I think a lot of shirt over time. Anything you guys want to talk about before we dig in? Anything happened this week? That you would want to share. I should qualify. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Keep some of yourselves, but. Um, I'll, I'll just share that there's been numerous occasions in, uh, in texts and uh, conversations and everything, just the reaffirming of God, touching on uh, my community of guys and stuff that I have of the same thing over and over that's just reaffirming the things that we're doing, um, which is wonderful, um, you know, because we talk about signs and the affirmation and to receive it is it's, it's to me it's 
that's just something legendary. I mean, you know, to to because you always hope and and pray that that you're doing the right thing, and you always want to sign. You know, and and if you know me, you know I want the big blaring. <laughs> it's flashing, you know, and it's and it's not that, but it's you know, but it's definitely you know, God's changed my heart on that to see and be able to you know acknowledge that when it is coming. So it's been awesome. I guess for me, it's been a prayer week, uh, a week of prayer, asking God to root out any bitter root in my heart, to walk the talk and talk the walk, you know, do it properly. That's kind of where I'm at. That's interesting, the timing of that, too, because you don't, like, you don't observe Day of Atonement. Like, did you, like, did, just out of curiosity, did you know that today was the Day of Atonement as we're recording this? No, I did not. The reason that's interesting to me is because traditionally between the 10 days between um, the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement, is it's called the 10 days of all. And the purpose of those 10 days is is for God to work on your heart and convict you so that you reflect and identify those things that you need to hand over to him for when he places the sin upon the scapegoat so it can be released from you. And you've just been naturally doing that during that period. I find that quite interesting. Well, there's, I have a lot to atone for, I think. Uh, I ask for forgiveness. I mean. Well, you can't atone it. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I can't. Just to be clear, that's all him. But I, I think for me, it's been a time of of self-reflection. You know, I've been having trouble getting to church, but I think there's a reason for that. And I've been reflecting on that. And that's kind of where my head has been, pondering where I'm at in my walk. Yeah. And uh, music has played a big role. Mm -hmm. In my in my thought process, Micah is always talking about music that touches his heart. I got to be honest; I was never a fan of some of the Christian music out there. I, I got to be honest; it's just it's just kind of da 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 da. Yeah, what they're saying is outstanding. Don't get me wrong. Right. I know they're doing it from the heart. Okay, but it was it wouldn't touch me. It wasn't until Carl introduced me to some of the artists that allow us to use their music that music started talking to me again. And uh, I find myself when I'm in that spot wondering what's going on, I turn to music and my whole attitude changes. My whole thought process changes. I begin to observe the awe around me. Today, driving here to the podcast, most people, I don't like wind in my face in the car. If I'm on a motorcycle, another story. But in the car, I like the windows up. But I had the windows down. I was looking out uh, at the blue sky and the white clouds flying by. The trees were rustling because it was a bit of a breeze. And I thought to myself, how in the world did God make everything work together the way that it does? I was in total awe of just my environment. And that's what I've been trying to approach everything in. Use that mindset. That's where I've been for the last week or so. You know, my daily prayers change my heart, Father, change my mind, sharpen my focus. Let me be genuine. So that's where I've been dwelling. Anybody out there listening? And it, it, some things have been revealed to me that 
man, I have got to make some different strides and I've got to ask for, I, cause I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm asking God for that. I always say a prayer before I come to podcast because I'm not ever quite sure what I'm going to say. It's a simple prayer. Lord, what do you want me to say? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm focusing. First question is, what does he want? And tonight, you know, it kind of settled on me. He didn't want me to say much. But for whatever reason, during the round table, Genesis popped in my head about Abram and Sarai leaving their home and everything. And it seemed to fit with what we were talking about. And I was reading that today. I was like, that's what he wants me to talk about. Okay, I have no idea how this is going to fit in, but I hope it does. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, that's what's going on with me. It is cool, too. You mentioned, you know, you didn't used to like Christian music, and I didn't either. Like, that wasn't something like like when I grew up. I grew up on, like, like the good stuff. Well, rock. well <laughs> what I was going to say wasn't good stuff. Like, mm-hmm. some of the some of the rap that, like, oh. I would I would never fill my head with now and, mm-hmm. and yeah some of the some of the 80s rock and things like that i enjoyed that also it got into a couple of the christian songs but nothing major it's not like i wasn't a believer it just wasn't i didn't think it was it good talk, it didn't talk to you it didn't speak to me but something shifted and and i love it now and and i get filled back up with it now like you said it did it, it it helps to to properly direct your attitude. I'm not going to say it changes my attitude because only he can do that, but it helps to redirect it, like you said, uh, to focus yeah. you. And honestly, I don't even have a desire to listen to that stuff anymore. It's kind of weird. Like I had it in my playlist for a long time and I, I haven't touched that stuff. I, just, I haven't either. There's a lot of things that you notice that he just sort of drains the desire from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you go. Well, I was just going to say you were talking about, you know, you don't, you don't even know what shifted and what changed. Your relationship changed. Mm-hmm. You know, especially your relationship with him, because yeah. he's the only one that can open those doors of going from not caring to it helping, helping you and fulfilling some part of you to yeah. draw whether it's drawing you back into more of the word or, you know, touching, touching. Because when you listen to it most of the time, I mean, you, you, there's biblical references in most of it, you know, to yeah. where, I mean, you literally can find the the texture or not texture text of it you know as far as the uh, um, what book and all of that kind of stuff so it makes you kind of want to seek that out more into exactly. all of these right on track on that you know I agree well it saturates your environment yeah and it'll kind of fit into the story that I, I want to share today uh, it's it's filling your environment with his light and your environment affects you I don't care what anybody says your atmosphere affects you greatly mm-hmm. greatly. So if you can yep. fill your environment with with his with with his presence, with his life, especially his presence, but his light and, and you know what I mean? Like like there's just there's something therapeutic spiritually about filling your environment with worship music. Mm-hmm. There's something about that that just sort of it it helps to shift things. I'm not gonna say that draws his presence because it's your faith that draws that draws him to you, but I think it helps to direct your faith. I, I agree. I think your your perspective changes. Oh yeah. And, you know, it, that's a great thing when that happens. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I'll, you know, and, and music has always fed me, you know. Uh, um, and But there's still some, I mean, there's some, some songs I'll just, you know, sing in the car and whatever. But there's still songs that I can't, I don't even do it. I don't, I don't even mean to do it. But I'm still lifting my hands in the car. 
Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, whoa, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I got one hand and it's on the wheel. If I take it off the wheel, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know, sometimes use the legs with, you know, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> Don't Jesus, do that unless you just take the wheel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's you'll, right. That's you'll right. You'll wreck praisefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no better way to wreck. <laughs> if you're going to wreck, I guess that's the way to do it. Yeah. Micah, you had something, I think. I just, it's been a very emotional, draining weekend for me. Um, we had two people in our, not necessarily one in our church, but one that we're familiar with that, that passed away over the weekend. Mm, and so sorry. I was at the hospital until like, you know, 1130 Saturday night and just, you know, kind of dealing, dealing with that. And so mm -hmm. planning funerals this week. And so it's, it's just been emotional draining, but through it all, you realize the, the all of us of God, because it just, you know, it was confirmation. One of the guys, one of the ladies' husband knows all the right answers, but we're not sure if he's really has a relationship or not. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there at the hospital with him, he, he confirmed his, his relationship. And so it was just, you know, you see, even in the midst of tragedy and in the midst of sorrow and grief, you see the awesomeness of God at work. And right. The power of God, of God at work, even through difficult circumstances and difficult, difficult hardships. And so. Absolutely. So, as a pastor, having been through that, I'm, I'm sure a lot more times than you care to even yes. remember, how do you, is it just a sigh of relief when you can hear the words and feel from their heart yes. th this relationship? Yes. Okay. I mean, because, you know, for me, never having done that or, you know, uh, yeah. you know, been a preacher or anything like that, I would think, especially if. Obviously, it's somebody within your congregation that you do know, um, probably a little bit easier because you've seen some of the steps that they've done and things like that. But I can imagine it being no less on your heart just because they weren't in your congregation. Yeah. But, you know, to have that affirmation, I guess, I bet it's amazing. So that's great. And the realization that they're free. Mm. Yeah. They're, they're free from the pain of this world and the suffering of this yeah. world. and. Um, and so that, that's comforting too. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a reason, you know, we call it a celebration of life. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we just kind of tack that on as a catchphrase sometimes, mm -hmm. but before a believer, it really is a celebration of, of life because we know their shell is obviously still here and will go in the ground, but, but their soul, you know, there's their soul or spirit is one of two places. It's either with the Lord or it's separated from him. Mm -hmm. you know, that That's the only choices you got. There's no middle right. ground. There's yep. either eternity with Christ or separation from him for eternity. And, and it really, for those that, you know, have that relationship and have confirmed the relationship, it is a celebration because they're with their savior. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. I didn't mean to put a downer on it, but that was oh, no. that's, kind of, that's yeah. kind of my that's kind of my weekend. It was kind of a yeah. emotionally rough rough weekend for me. But then, you know, we got to go to Kansas City. We were planning to go to Kansas City for my daughter in law's surprise birthday party, and so after church, it's just kind of been a draining. And we were able to spend some time and with them and seeing the grandkids, and mm -hmm. it just you know just kind of 
fills your cup up again. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. and uses those things to kind of okay. Now's now's the yeah. now's overflowing. You know, oh yeah. And, and so, Again, he knows exactly what you need when you need it. Because I got to see three of my grandkids today just for a little bit, and it was just. I yeah. be mean at all, you know, yeah. each little visit, you know, just, you I mean, they turn the game on and I'm a big, I'm a big football fan. So I wanted to watch the game. And then my little granddaughter, she's like, Papa, come outside. And so of course I went outside with her and mm-hmm. you know, it, was, it was well worth it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was been sitting in front of the TV watching a, watching a football game. So. Yeah. Carl, you said something about environment. I was sitting there thinking about that and a while back on a podcast in the past. You said something about eye gate. Mm-hmm. And I think those two go very well together. Because what you put in your eye, what you see, you can't unsee. Right. What you internalize because of what you saw, reference back to the round table about our cups, mm-hmm. or as Will so, uh, put it so eloquently, full of crap or not, is so important. And I've been focusing on that as well. What am I spending my time doing? I find myself with free time. You know, I said, think, oh, I could play a game on my phone. I could watch something on TV. Why don't I spend it with the Lord? Mm-hmm. Dig out the Bible. Not that it's far. It's always in my hand, in my phone. Rather than playing a game, spend some time with him. Mm-hmm. Let him reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I almost said something, um, and it, it just didn't fit, and it wasn't the right time. But, you know, we were talking about on the round table what we fill our cup with. And we might get to this. But I plan tonight. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I, I like the way we do these. We just sort of let him lead, and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, um, I almost mentioned we're talking about on the roundtable what we fill our cup with, and what he kept bringing me to today was like we talked about not filling it with junk. And and when we talk about junk, we're talking about disobedience. Yeah. And you mentioned time, and I almost mentioned the contrast of how we treat. And I'm just using this as an example. But how we tend to, to, to treat or preach about things like the Sabbath compared to how we tend to preach about things like the tithe. When it comes to the Sabbath, we like to change terminology. It's no longer a Sabbath day. It's not Yom Shabbat anymore. It's the Sabbath principle. Even though Scripture doesn't say it's a principle, then we can redefine it any way we want. And we're, we're very malleable about how we choose to interpret the law when it comes to how we spend our time with Him. But when it comes to how we spend our money— all of a sudden, we're very lawful. We're very strict about this applies very specifically in all your, your money. He cares very much about your money. And I'm telling you, yes, he does care about your money. I'm not refuting that. But like any good father, guess what he would rather have? If he could only have one of two things, your money or your time, what do you think he'd rather have from you? Time. Your time. hundred percent your time. And that's one thing that, that he kind of he kind of laid on me before I came here. You know, part of part of atonement is just, and you know, Micah, it's, it's afflicting your soul, which just means evaluating, spending time with him the whole day, just spending time with him. And so I planned on just going home and just digging into the word and not turning the TV on. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, why do you only do that once a year? Why is that not a regular thing? Mm-hmm. Like, why is, why is it a special occasion when you just spend time with the eternal father? I think the lesson for the day of atonement should be for me anyway, that's how you should spend every day. Absolutely. Every day should spend, be spent primarily with him. I'm not saying not have hobbies, and I don't think he's saying that either. But, man, if, 
if hobbies are taking first place in your life over him, there's a problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be transparent, guys. There's a problem in my life mm-hmm. because too often my hobbies take first place. Um, there are times I'd rather play a video game than read the Bible. And I, yeah. I hate saying that out loud, but it's the truth. I think, I think if anybody would be truthful with themselves, they would probably say the same thing, Carl. I mean, that's just the sinful nature in us. That's mm-hmm. who we are. Yep, absolutely. I've, well, I, mean, I wasn't thinking about I'm shamefully guilty of that as well. There's times I was like, I should, I should really study the Bible, but I want to watch this game. And yeah, the game, mm-hmm. the, that's where I was going to go. It, you know, it's close. Yeah. I mean, for me, for me, it's sports. You know, some people's video games, but mm-hmm. for me, it's sports. Like, okay, the game's close. Oh, they just tied it. Okay, I'll just watch a little bit more, and pretty soon you've sat in front of the TV watching this game for two hours. And right, and I don't, I don't yeah. think the enemy cares what the exactly. hobby is as long as it's stealing Action. time away from the father. Extraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's funny because I, I wasn't going to say anything about it either. And, and you know, t- talking about on the round table and now here, um, I've told myself probably for the last two months, and I affirmed it that uh, October first, I'm going to. Uh, Anytime I'm tempted to get onto social media, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read my Bible instead. I love it because I'll go on and I always have a daily devotional that I'll go through and I'll go through that. And once it's over, then it's almost you know probably the rest of the day on some form of social media, one or another. Yeah, you know, and I mean that could even go through to while I'm working. Like I got my work up here on the one screen, and over here I'm looking. Looking on Facebook or whatever, you know, taking me away from that, and as as and you know, and then claiming to myself, well, I can't really get into my Bible because I just don't have time. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I'm it's like, do, yeah. A friend of so, mine in Tennessee, he takes a sabbatical, if you will, twice a year. He does no news November, mm. and then he does no media May. Mm, so nice. during the month of May and the month of November. He's not on social media. He's not watching news. He's just takes a sabbatical. He goes, if the world falls apart, you have to let me know because I, I try not to know about it. I try not to look at my phone, the news app. He deletes all his news. He's, he's kind of a news buff and he has to delete all his news apps off his phone or disable them. And if there, if it's on in the break room where he works, he's retired now, but when he was still working, he doesn't go in the break room because Mm-hmm. Tries to honor that. Wow. Yeah. No news November and no media May. Yeah. Two months, two months out of the year. He he's like, if there's a about... zombie apocalypse, somebody text me, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he tells me. That's, that's exactly what he tells me. So if the world falls apart, you've got to let me know. Cause... Yeah. Well, connecting this back to, to my trip. So like the whole reason we started this mini series again was was the, the most recent trip that I took to Philadelphia, specifically yeah. a place called Kensington. Which again, if you if this is the first episode you've listened to, it's very rough. Um, one of the worst places in the country you can go, hands down. Um, it's an open heroin market. There's a lot of crime, um, open drug dealing. Literally, you'll have a cop on one corner and a drug dealer on the other corner <laughs> standing off. Uh, there was a shooting there just a few days ago, uh, really bad one. And like I say, it's just, it's a rough area. I'm just trying to give the context of of this, and that's just where he was. He he's called me, called me there a couple of times, and the only reason we're doing this is I felt very compelled to share a few things that happened. Um, not everything. It would take a long time to share absolutely every minute little detail, but um, specific big things that occurred that I think uh, he wants me to share for whatever reason. Um, sometimes he doesn't tell you the why, which is yeah, <laughs> that's a trust issue, <sighs> but uh. Connecting that, uh, 
you know, the, the environment there is, is horrible. Um, so it's very important to have his presence with you, with every step that you take. And um, I'm trying to think how to put this. Just put it out there. Let's just. Let, I, I want to recap real quick. So, so the last time we talked about it, it was it was the Friday that we were there. We were actually there for three days, and uh, I mentioned the last time that on the on the on the other side of it, in hindsight, each day he showed there was a theme. Like every day was a theme, and I'll kind of I'll kind of round it back when we're done because it was really cool how he just brought it all together, and there was like this aha moment on the other side. I'm like, oh wow, this is incredible. And that first day we had talked about was um, be ready always to give a response of the of the hope that's in you. And I talked about the two individuals specifically that I talked to. One that I had defined the term shalom to. She asked what shalom meant. I just happened to say that in prayer, and I usually don't do that. And uh, I was able to connect that that to Jesus, and you could just tell that there was just like this this relief. Prayed with her. Um, there were there were tears shed, and you could just see this shift. Like this had to be kind of the theme here: shift. Um, there was hopefulness there. And then the other individual I talked to that he had laid on me the week before that baseball analogy of mm -hmm. how of how God inter or Jesus intervenes for us, and I'm like, I don't okay. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear that okay. And then I, I shared that guy. He's like, went from hostile. If you if you recall, he went from I don't want to hear about Jesus. I don't care. I don't want to hear a word about it. Super hostile to apologizing. Then hearing me out. And once I shared that analogy laid on me, it was just like completely melted. He's like, I've wow, that makes a lot of sense. Gave me a lot to think about. Just like like that. Within mm -hmm. a few seconds span, it was incredible. And only a spirit could do that. And that's what I was connecting with. Um, we're talking about how we we fill our environment and how we we pursue things that we shouldn't be. This whole period, I knew I was going into this ugly environment. So like I went into that shutting those things off, shutting off social media as much as I could, shutting off these distractions, fasting, praying. And you could feel the difference. Like when you see Kim at that level, you can feel that difference in the presence. But then when you come home, you're comfortable again. You start laxing. You, you don't do those things anymore. And then you wonder, well, why, don't I, why don't I feel the presence the same way I did there? Well, I wonder why. Because you're not seeking him in the same way. You're not right. seeking him nearly as hard. And I do notice that difference. And it's it's unfortunate that it, that it takes moments like this where I'm like listening to you guys and I'm like, gone like mm. it's been weeks and it, like why didn't i get this sooner it's, it's really frustrating but uh that friday just to connect this at some point after we shared with that guy we were walking and we went to a corner that we had been on and you could just feel a shift again that theme again shift and you could just feel something change spiritually i don't know if you guys have ever experienced that i'm, I'm sure you guys have like you'll just you can just feel like he's about to, it's almost like he's preparing you spiritually for he's about to show you something or reveal something to you. So he wants you to pay attention. It's almost like it just quiets everything down. You know what I mean? Like background noise just like fades away. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what it was like. And we get on the corner and Will, the guy that I'm there with, he like starts frantically like opening his Bible and he opens straight to Psalm 23. And I, I, that had been on my heart. We had talked about that. That's why we talked about Psalm 23 last week. And, but I hadn't really shared that with Will. And he opens it up and he reads verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And he had such, such intensity 
like like something changed. Like you can tell. I, I know Will enough to know he's a very spirit led guy, but you can tell when spirit just takes over. There's an intensity, like it, like a complete change that occurs, you know. And he had that. He reads that, and he looks at me super intense, and then he looks up the street and he just starts walking, like like military walking, like he's on a mission. And I'm like, I look over at Chris, the other guy with him, like, I guess we're, I guess we're going this way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we just start following along, you know, and it was very similar to that walk I had shared with you guys the first time I went when we sort of lost time. And I don't want to share that whole story now, I'll do that another time, but you could just feel a difference. And it was almost like what Psalm 23 describes when you're walking on that path of righteousness through that dark valley. And you kind of picture that in your mind, like you're following the good shepherd, your eyes are fixed on him, but you can sense the darkness and evil around you. That's exactly what it was like. It was so bizarre. And and we're walking sort of single file. And dude, I've never seen so many drug dealers in my life, even down there. It was like every few feet where we were coming to them. And what was so weird, it was, there were people everywhere. And it's not like we stood out, like, like we didn't dress in a way that like made us like super obvious. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's not like I was wearing a pink tutu or anything like that. Like, I was just a normal dude, like everybody else is down there. I mean, I was just dressed in normal clothes. And it's not like the demographics are super obvious. So it's not like, you know, we're like the only three white guys there or anything like that. So, so there was nothing that should have set us out mm-hmm. other than his presence. Right. And I'm telling you, like, I noticed every single one of the drug dealers that I walked by, the second they would notice we were there, it's like they just, like like razor right in and you could just feel the hate you could feel the hate emanating it was like there was some spirit in them that was at war with the spirit in us and like like that spirit recognized immediately and they were all locked in and like like something was telling me don't make eye contact just keep walking don't say anything you're not supposed to share you're supposed to just be silent and keep walking. And that's what we did. And I'm telling you, I can't remember. Like, I, I can picture the face of one of those guys. It's like emblazoned on my mind. I remember what he was wearing. I remember his face and everything. That guy, I'm telling you, wanted to kill me. 100%. You know, not to interrupt your story, Carl, but something just popped into my head. You were walking in the spirit. And uh, it reminds me of when God parted the Red Sea. <laughs> he put aside what was in the way. And those that were that would do ill to you were out of the way because you were following the shepherd. Keep that in mind. Good luck. I'll try. <laughs> keep that in mind for him. <laughs> <I will. laughs> so we keep walking. And like I said, you can just sense there's 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 some th- these people don't like us, and there's a spirit here driving them that absolutely hates us. And for some reason, we just felt compelled to walk through this. Well, at some point, we, we, we knew this after the fact from talking to each other. At some point, we all felt this overwhelming urge that stop here, cross the street, go back the other way. And like all at the same time, we all did. And we all talked about it later that we all felt that, that, that overwhelming sense we needed to cross over and go back. And that, that, that it was gone. It was like that, that heaviness just lifted. And it was like it was all like it was all defining for us. For one thing, I think it was teaching us that we can trust him. Even in the darkest of circumstances, if you are following after him, you can trust him to protect you. But I also think it served to define what the next day was going to be like, which was the valley of the shadow of death. What's interesting, though, like, like I don't know this at the time. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to right. process. I'm like, my goodness, that's like the most horrible experience I've ever been through. You know what I mean? 
which isn't true, but at that at that time, it certainly felt like it. You thinking you were going to call in sick the next day. No, man. <laughs> I I enjoy being there. Believe it or not, I I really do. Right. Um, as much as I probably in my flesh shouldn't, I do enjoy being there because I feel him there. I can see the impact that it has. But in that moment, I I wanted to leave bad badly i wanted to leave and he did give us leave like we all felt that like at the end like we all looked at each other and will's like i think we're supposed to go now i think that was it so we did and we're sort of processing through that and micah sends me a text message right after that happens and he said i felt like i needed to send you this exodus 14 14 the lord will fight your battles for you you need only be silent since you mentioned the red sea crossing it's in that context it's in that very same context he didn't know why he needed to send it, but when he sent it was right after we went through that and I was trying to process what just happened. And that's what I'm asking him, what just happened, God? And then Micah says, I think I'm supposed to send this to you. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be silent. That's exactly what we did. We walked through. I didn't feel any compulsion to speak to anybody. In fact, I don't think I could have spoke to anybody if I wanted to. I really think he was muting me. None of us spoke to anybody. But I know there was something there physically and spiritually that wanted to kill us and probably would have had they get, been given leave to. Mm -hmm. And I think it was him teaching that lesson. And, and maybe that lead would have would have been you speaking. <laughs> yeah. Disobedience of some kind. Yeah. yeah. Stepping off the path. Yeah. That's how we ended Friday. <laughs> so... Then we go back Saturday and I, I tell that story because that defined the next day. It was the def it was the defining attribute of of the Saturday we were there was the valley of the shadow of death. And this is where it gets some people are going to be turned off by this. I don't care. I believe in the miraculous. When I read Acts chapter two, I believe that 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 can be current. Absolutely. That is that is present. If, if we're not seeing that is because we're choosing not to. Yes. Or we're grieving the spirit or we're stifling it somehow. Absolutely. Um, I'm not saying he'll do it every second of every day. He didn't do it every second of every day then, but he does it. Absolutely. He does the miraculous. So we get there and we set up on Allegheny. There's an intersection of Allegheny and Kensington, and it's a pretty broad, broad area. The reason we set up there, it's right where the metro line comes down. So they have a metro above Kensington. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm doing this visually because nobody else but you guys can see, but I, I'm helping you guys. We got to get this video. For a long time. Uh -huh. Yeah. And there's yep. a stairway down that leads to the street right there. So you have a lot of foot traffic. So you have access to a lot of people. And there's there's quite a few homeless that that set up right there. And a lot that just they, they just shoot up and do drugs there. So you, you have access to people you can speak to. And we had a speaker, uh, like a, an, an actual loudspeaker, so that we could, if we felt the urge to preach or something like that, we could do so and be heard. So that's what we were setting up. Because we hadn't so much as, as, as put our, our shoes to the concrete. And we look over and there's this mass of bodies that, that are always there. They're, they're, they're strung out. And there's a woman there and her husband desperately trying to revive her. And she's gone. Like she's OD'd and she's gone. She's completely limp. Her eyes are rolled back in her head. She's gone. Total OD. He's like thrashing her. He's like shaking her as hard as he can. Wake up, wake up, wake up. And she's not waking up and Will looks over and Will starts crying. He's a super emotional guy. It's one of the things I love about him. Like he's so tenderhearted. Um, and he starts crying. He's like, oh God, no. And he just starts, he lifts his hands up and just starts praying. Like starts loudly praying, please God, don't let her die. Bring her back. Bring her back. Because like she was gone, guys. I've seen, I've seen that before. She was gone. 
and we all start like I, I start praying. I know Chris was praying, Dave was praying, but Will's praying so passionately out loud. And then just she comes back like it didn't happen. Like it didn't happen. Like she's gone. She's clearly OD'd. And he starts praying and we start praying together. And she goes from that to she gets up, sits up. And we we even went over and I didn't mm. do this because I, I questioned, but I'll be I'll, I will be transparent. It took me a couple of days to accept what I saw. Um, it was hard for me to accept that that actually happened. Not because I doubt God, because it was just hard for me to believe that he did that for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when you see something like that, you've never seen before. It's hard to, it's hard to wrap your mind around the fact that this isn't just a story in a book anymore. Mm-hmm. Like This is real. Right. And the only difference was when, he, when we started praying and it was, you know, it was Will's faith. Will's 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 prayer of faith, I believe, is what brought her back because she went from being completely gone to stirring and conscious, and she's okay again. So it was like somebody shot her full of narcotics. This is what's interesting. Yes, it was absolutely like that. But we went over, and I didn't do this at the time to test it or anything. But I saw these two guys there. They wear these purple shirts, and they're part of some. It's like a medical charitable group, and they're down there because there's so many so many ODs. So Will looked up the statistics later, and there are, I think he said, at current, three overdose deaths every single day mm. in that small region of Philadelphia alone in Kensington, wow. in Kensington Borough. And uh, so they have this group down there, and they have Narcon shots. So if they see an overdose, they'll hit them with a shot of Narcon to, to bring them back. And, you know... That was no D we saw. They described that. He came over and, and, and Will brought him over to show her to, to the guy. And he's like, oh, she's fine. Like, after we pray, he's like, no, she's good now. But then he started explaining, like, how the drug down there they're using now works, how serious it actually is, which just makes this miracle that much more over the top. It's not just heroin they're shooting up now. Um, the dealers are mixing fentanyl with it. But the real issue is that they're putting a horse tranquilizer in it. They call it Trank. Ketamine? I don't know the name of the actor. It's just a horse tranquilizer. All I know is a horse tranquilizer. They, they, they call it the drug. It's heroin mixed with horse tranquilizer. They call it Trank. Hmm. And it, it massively increases the intensity of the high that you get. But he said the issue is that it also massively increases the intensity of the overdose. So he said that normally a heroin overdose, he said one shot at, one shot in our, one shot in Archon will bring it back. But he said with Trank, he said if they overdose, he said they're so far gone. He said it takes us like five hits of Narcon just to have a chance of maybe bringing them back. Mm. And she came back like that when we were praying. Mm. And it shouldn't have happened. Valley of the Shadow of Death. Second, we step foot out there. He he lays on our heart the, the night before, the evening before, that that's going to be the theme the next day. And the second we step on the sidewalk, we see a death and a resurrection. So that's how we started on Saturday. That's how you started? That's how mm. we started. Huh. That happened when we first got there. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we set up after that kind of, you know, and honestly, at the time, I, I didn't I didn't process this till later, to be honest. Like you just say, it just sort of happens. You just keep going. And it's not until later that you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what happened out there? You wait, know what I mean? Did, did we really see that? Right. <laughs> So we set up and I'm just, most of what I did, and I kind of, I think I showed this a couple of weeks ago, was just talk to people. 
and pray to people. I think that's the most impactful thing. I think there's a value in the street preaching and the, the preaching out loud, but I think there's personally, I see more value in actually like allowing the spirit to highlight people for you and then talking to them. Absolutely. I think the preaching can draw people mm -hmm. like that. And I think that is effective. We did that once or twice, but I never felt compelled to do that. I'll be honest. I was ready to when I drove down there, but he never, he never led me to. All I did was talk to people. So I'm set up on the sidewalk and I'm kind of watching. We have uh, we have a cart and we have like necessities like water and food and stuff like that to give away Bibles, obviously. And that's that's sort of our our hook. You know what I mean? To 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 draw people in. Well, this woman walked by, this older woman, she had a limp, she had a cane, and just beat it in on her. And I'm like, can I get do you want a water or something? She's like, oh yeah, sure. Like she had like a, like, like she didn't want to talk to me. You know what I mean? She's like, oh yeah, fine. I'll take a water. And I'm like, can I pray with you about anything? She's like, yeah, I guess you can if you want to. If you want to. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what can I pray for you about? Like, what do you, what do you need? What's your need? And she was like, well, I want help with this drug addiction, which is what most of them ask for. We start praying. And I lay hands on her. And every time I prayed this time, like I, I think I've lectured you guys before that this is the place where you don't pray with your eyes closed, pray with your eyes open. You know what I mean? I don't think I prayed with my eyes open the entire time I was there this time. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't make myself do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I recant that. Do it. Do whatever he tells you to do. Don't listen to me. Right. <laughs> listen to him. Trust in him. Absolutely. So I start praying for her and I pray for what she asked for, but something... I felt the need to pray for deliverance. Um, she didn't ask for this, but I prayed if there is some, if there's, if there's a demonic force over her, deliver her from it. If there's something dark that has its claws in her, deliver her from it. And I can, you can feel it. And I know, I know you all know this. Waiting for Micah to get through his sneeze. False alarm. False alarm. All right. <laughs> I know you felt it like when you put there, there are certain times you can just feel that heat. It's like, like heat in your, in your heart and your hands. Like you can just feel it when he's, when he's moving. I'm not saying he doesn't move any other way, but, but when there's something happening, you can feel it. And I could feel that. And I finished the prayer and I opened my eyes and she looks terrified. Like her demeanor is completely changed. And she's like wide eyed and she's looking at me and she's almost like frozen. And she goes, can I ask you something? And I said, of course. And she said, have you ever seen a demon while you were praying? <laughs> and I said, um, I maybe have heard about it. And she was like, while you were praying and asking for deliverance, I saw a demonic entity appear in front of me. And I said, well, I think we need to pray again. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I prayed with more intensity this time, <laughs> more focus focused on that specifically the deliver so we really focused on okay we're going to attack this thing we're we're, we're going to open up the floodgates for the most high to attack this thing for jesus to to bring deliverance and break this chain i'm gonna i'm gonna tell this this is something that i didn't know at the time because again i'm praying i have my eyes closed but behind me so i'm by the street on the sidewalk will is over here praying with another guy so he doesn't see any of this chris was behind me close to the fence. So there's a gap between us of about six feet probably, and he's just watching. So like, um, I shouldn't say this. He, no, I'm not going to say it. He, he does overwatch. We'll just put it mm, that way. Okay. Like he, he makes sure that we're, he trusts in God, don't get me wrong, but he brings, 
to make sure we're safe. He, okay. he just watches to make sure somebody doesn't try anything because his big fear and in, 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 in our big fear is that somebody would inject something. Mm-hmm. It's not so much we're concerned with getting shot or getting stabbed. It's what we're concerned with. Everybody has a syringe down there and it could ruin you if somebody injected you with heroin. Um, so that's his his concern. He's kind of watching. So if he sees somebody doing something like that, he can put them to the ground, basically. But he's watching this, right? He has the speaker next to him and we're playing Christian music out of the speaker. While I'm praying with her this second time, these two guys are walking down the sidewalk. And he said, he he's like, dude, I watched them the entire time. They were completely normal. They were in hoodies. And he said they were just talking to each other like normal. He said, not once did they inject themselves. Sometimes you'll see, see people inject each other to help, help each other shoot up. He said, they didn't do that. He said, they were completely fine. They were completely coherent. They were talking to each other. They were walking completely normal. And he said, when they got between you and that woman you were praying with and the speaker, he said, they just went. Have you seen the images from Kensington where people do the, the zombie thing? When they're, oh. when, they're, when they're high with this train, yeah. what they'll do is, is it's like horses sleep standing up it's mm-hmm. like it turns them into that like they'll literally just like slump over and their arms will be like like dangling in front of them and they'll just be like slouched over standing up it's almost like they're sleeping standing it was super bizarre he said the second they got between you and that woman and the speaker both of them at the exact same time just stopped and slumped over like something just took over their body and they just slumped over and just started like like waving back and forth while I'm doing this prayer of deliverance, this is happening. And after we, after we finished praying, she's completely different. Like I looked at her and it went from, it went from, I don't want to talk to you look to total terror to complete light over her. The demeanor was completely shifted. She was, she was soft. She was like, her eyes were just I don't know how to describe it. She was free. She was free. And she told me after the fact, she said, when I was praying with her the first time, she said a demonic entity appeared in front of her. And she said it was, she said it was, she could tell it was furious and that it it was trying to move toward us. But she said it was like the way she described it. She said it was like there was something holding it back. She said, she said, I could tell that it was trying to look in our direction, but something was holding its head sideways so it couldn't look at us. And something was keeping it from moving forward. Like it wanted to come at us, but it couldn't, like something was blocking it. And then I pray that deliverance that happened behind us with those two guys. And then she is just completely different. She was like, when, when we got done praying the second time, she goes, I felt something wash over me. She was like, it's like, I felt some, some warmth wash over me. Like, I feel different now. And I'm telling you, I, this woman didn't want to talk to me when we first started. After that, I think we stood there and talked for 45 minutes or an hour. She told me her whole life story. Like, she opened up about everything, clear back to the trauma she had when she was a kid, how she got drug addicted, everything. Like, she told me everything. She went from trying to get away as fast as she could to being set free. And the rest of the time, she's, like, talking to other people, trying to share <laughs> Trying to share the gospel, oh, wow. like what we're on the sidewalk there. It was a complete, mm. total, total change. I've, I've never seen anything like it. I've never experienced anything quite like that. And I told you, Micah, that before I went, he kept laying that word on me, deliverance. And I wasn't sure why, but I felt like that. I think I told you too, that I, maybe I told all you guys that I felt like that's what he was laying on me before I left this time was deliverance. 
And I'm like, God, I've never done that. I I don't know how to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't tell you guys that, but I'll be honest. Like I was kind of fearful because I didn't know exactly what to do other than just pray, which apparently that's all you do. <laughs> there's no, yeah. there's no like formulaic book to follow. It's just to pray and trust and you just give it into his hands and faith. And man, it's incredible what he will do when you hand something like that over to him. It's that was life changing. Mm. Surrender. Yeah. You think of the disciples, you know, when they, they had been able to cast out demons, you know, they, they'd been God given them the power to do that. And then the situation comes along where they can't do it. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, we, you know, it wasn't like they couldn't, it wasn't like they hadn't done it before. So it wasn't like they were trying to do something they'd never done before. Right. Like, what's the difference? Well, their heart was in the right, their heart was in the wrong place. Yeah. And he so, said, doesn't he say in that, isn't that the passage he said, some require fasting and praying? Yes. What's interesting about you mentioning that, because I hadn't put it together because something, and I talked to Will about it when we, when we left, is something told me start, I started pray or sorry, I started fasting a week before I left. Yeah. And I didn't, and this isn't a brag, but this is, again, this is a testament to the power of God. I didn't start eating again until we were done on Sunday. And that's the first time I, I was fasting a, a full week, seven days. Normally, by the time I get to three days, I'm starving, guys. I like my food and I can feel it. Like my stomach's grumbling. And I'm like, man, I'd give anything for some lasagna right now. <laughs> anything. I didn't feel it. Like lasagna, and it's funny I mentioned that. Lasagna is like one of my favorite things. The first night I was there, they made lasagna because <laughs> we were like staying with with a, a, a ministry partner there. And I just, I, mean, I sat there at the table with them. Everybody else was eating. And I wasn't, I wasn't tempted. It was weird, you know? And that was actually my prayer was that I just, just as confirmation, don't let me feel hungry through this, like sustain me. So I feel filled by you. And that's exactly what happened. But the reason I mentioned that, and it's cool that you mentioned that is, is Allie, one of the, the, the wives of actually Chris's wife, the guy that was there with this, she point blank asked me, she was like, do you think that would have went the same way if you hadn't been fasting before? And I'm like, you know, I didn't think about it, but I, I don't. I actually, you know, in this moment, I think that's why he called me to fast now in hindsight, because whatever that was, it was something very evil, very dark, and very powerful that had a grip either over her or over the environment. That's why I mentioned environment earlier that it would connect. Man, there was such an evil environment, but guys, his light burned it out immediately. Hmm. His light burned that out immediately. Even in the kingdom of dark, we were we were in their territory. Right, that is their territory. That is the kingdom of darkness down there. And even in their territory, when his light shows up, guys, they flee. His light burns them right out. It's and it's awesome to see. It. It's awesome to experience it and to know that that's the God we serve. Now I think maybe that's the reason I'm supposed to share it because I think we've forgotten. Hmm. I do. I think we've gotten. And you know this, Micah. I think we all know this, if we're being honest, especially in, in Western churches. The enemy has us cushioned from that sort of activity for the most part, unless you're in a place like Kensington. For the most part, if you're in a if, if you're in a if you're in a typical church in America that's middle class, you're not experiencing that stuff. Because the enemy's okay with you not experiencing that stuff. The enemy's okay with you not remembering that he exists because it keeps you lukewarm. It it, it not even that's not a fair word. <laughs> unfocused unfocused we forget there's a real battle i think <clears throat> and we forget that he's yeah 
the guy that he says he is, that he has the power to to transform and to set free. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You know, I told you earlier, as emotional on weekend, um, hospital Saturday and different things Sunday and Friday night, we were downtown here and talking with a guy, similar, similar situation. He was high on whatever, but he was also drunk. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I first walked up to him to talk to him, he didn't want any part of it. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you anyway. Yeah. And, um, I put my hand on him and he, he didn't resist. But when I was finished with the praying, he looked at this bottle. He goes, what am I doing? Why am I drinking this? <laughs> I mean, he's completely, completely drunk and, you know, completely high on something. I don't know what it was, but he was high on something. And he's just, why am I drinking this? He walked over the trash can and threw it away. And he goes, thank you. He goes, I need you to come along. So God does still do miracles. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that. He doesn't do it. It's just, but we've got to be, like you said, prayed, prayed up. And it's just a reminder because I was listening to a podcast this morning and he was talking about the lack of power in our prayers and the lack of power in our life. And he attributed it to, we don't fast enough. We don't spend enough time fasting and consecrating to him. And just by the way, for the listeners, just a quick reminder that fasting is more than just going without food right sometimes we say well i'm skipping lunch so i'm fasting and we kind of make a joke about it but that's not really fasting fasting is more than just going without food it is going without food for the purpose of consecrating that time with our father or going without anything like mike yes. mentioned earlier about yes. social media going without Absolutely. fasting from yes. social media yes. can be exactly. in our world honest honestly maybe even more effective than fasting from food for exactly. some of us yeah it's it's consecrated at the time that I would normally spend on food or social media or whatever that hindrance is, I'm taking a break from it to focus yes. on Christ. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure that the listeners understand that because yeah, sometimes important. we think sometimes we think, oh, well, I'm fasting because I skipped mm-hmm. lunch today. Right. That's not really fasting if you were just busy and missed lunch. That's yeah. not that's not really a fast. And I want to I want to just. I Sorry, just want to no, you, you want to interrupt. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But I just want to make a couple of things clear. I'm not special. He could have done this through anybody. This is just this is just a surrender issue. Anybody can surrender. Yes. So so don't think this is just something he does for special people that he handpicks. That's not how it works. Yes. Um, he wants to pick you too. It's just a matter of you surrendering to it. And also, I don't want you to think that you know every single person that you pray over, you're going to have that experience. Because I'm, I'm just going to be honest. That's why I mentioned earlier that you know I'm just I'm just handpicking the the big things that he did for us. I prayed for a lot of people yes. down there, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. I prayed over a lot of people down there, and I'm picking out the two or three instances that he he did something big. He chose not to do anything big for the vast majority of them, because the the truth is the person you're praying for has to be in a place where they're willing to receive it too. Yes. That, that's part of it. It's not just the faith of the one praying. It's also the receptivity of the one being prayed Absolutely. for and um, respect of the process. Yes. The, just being honest, especially even in light of scripture, deliverance is important, but the timing of it's important too, right? He, he walks David in Psalm 23, just to harken back to that, through the valley of the shadow of death for a reason because it taught something and he only comes out of the valley of the shadow of death when the lesson has been learned i also believe however that he will orchestrate timing so that you're in that person's path at exactly the right time Mm -hmm. i've seen too much evidence of that he he is a perfect 
uh, he's a perfect planner. It's it's incredible that he can that he can balance so many factors with so many people with so many circumstances and have everything line up perfectly is just mind boggling to me. Oh yeah, the legit. It's awesome. It's the logistics of it should just absolutely cripple your brain <laughs> right. when you try to think about oh, it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about it with the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, such a vast difference of personalities, everything, uh, you know, personal issues, <laughs> you know, you know, in those, in those personalities and everything, um, bringing it together to be a cohesive you're praying a cohesive unit and everything for God and his, his glory. Yeah. You know, from nothing else. Cause I mean, we've said it from day one, if one person listens and gets something out of it, then it's totally worth it. Yep. hundred percent. You know, so let's take a short break, play this week's featured song that we'll come back with our final thoughts this week. We're going to play a newer song from ASAP preach called it is finished. Be sure to stick around. We'll catch you in a few. Turn around when he said it is finished. red and he said it is finished. Put the crown on his head and he said it is finished. In the face of death and he said it is finished. I release my spirit and he said it is finished. Stop flirting with the devil like you in and out of church. God's watching you and never need to come back to your first love. On God, you don't wanna fall. Sing gon' get you hurt. On God, you'll be standing tall when in and out the word. Say that. You don't want nobody else to come up in your circle Cause you don't want nobody else to know your sin One day you follow me, next day I am unfriended Cause I spoke the truth to you and you just gotta fix it Red light, red light, you need to stop that When the devil dropped the ball, hit it like a ball bat But I understand I used to be a mall rat All black ball cap, hanging where my dogs at Now I'm at the church, chilling where my God at Putting in this work, devil knows he's all cow You may lose some things, not even a drawback When you come to Jesus, he gon' help you get it all back Now I'm a Christian, an outright menace Getting on the devil's nerves Cause I said he did the work uh, It is finished Ain't no blemish Ain't no chains on me Just a spirit And I'm made in his image You can't call me that old thing no more We was low, but now we brand new We don't need no boat My guy walk on tidal waves with his feet He don't need no boat Got my eyes open now This something we ain't seen before Keep the gold, keep the dough Keep the fame, keep the show I just want the king of kings Lion, lamb, lord oaks I don't brag and I don't boast But I can feel it in my body
Gotta be more careful with the people I surrounded with Hold on to the light just to see if they some counterfeits I was lost in darkness but the Lord he brought me out of it Yeah I heard what Satan said but I ain't like the sound of it oh. Hold up shawty Wait a minute Gotta bring you out of scenes uh. overrated I'm about to counter it yeah. Automatic scripture with me Rapping with conviction in me You can find me in a city yeah. Bring the kingdom in the city They are too invested in it Man they need to pull out heart full of demons Got them looking like a full house And we fighting for your freedom Take a shot without no tools yeah. Spotted yeah. me a demon Yeah, yeah victim yeah. Time to move out Roll out You just wanna Ball out But you look Sold out You just wanna Go out Cause your money Folds out When that money Goes out You be And we are back again. That was It Is Finished by ASAP Preach. All right, let's pull the needle off the record. Final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to have to, you. I'm going to have, I know you just took a breath like you're going to talk. I'm going to have you go last so you can pray us out. Is that okay. right? Okay. Yeah. All right. We serve a powerful God. And we do need to stand in awe. One of the songs that I that I really like, we we're talking about songs before we started recording, is the song that says, I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God to whom all praises due. I stand in awe of you. And we need to be in awe of who God is. Because he is our savior. Not just because of what he does, not just because he saves us, but because of who he is, because he is the creator. He is the one that has the power over death. He is the one that reminds us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That yes, there is a battle. There is a spiritual warfare. These demonic forces are real, but we have the power to overcome in the right spirit, in the right motive. And we can't just do it nonchalantly, flippantly, carelessly. It is it is serious it is serious business. Yeah. And we've got to be prayed up and fasted up and surrendered up. And to sit back and to watch him work. Yeah. Watch him work through us. <laughs> we gotta get the video. Those reactions. People need to know. It's been great to sit in on this. Uh, it's been a lot of a to go back into the weekend or the week. Uh, weekend was not rough, but it's good to be in a, a time of listening uh, and reminiscing. Uh, it's not always a great thing, but it's reoccurring of the last uh, four or five days uh, to reminisce on how powerful God is. It's not that I've forgotten but it is wonderful to just sit back and really take in because I have similar experiences about praying for people and demonic forces and that just the heaviness of it, it puts you in that awe moment. Mm -hmm. It's 
good. I know I've said nothing until now, <laughs> and it's just been great. So, how about next week? You just take over. Get us yeah. the whole thing. You know. Nice try, Carl. Unless y'all fire more questions at me like you did a couple weeks ago. So. Yeah. Well, See, you never know. Right. That's definitely not beneath us. Trust me. <laughs> <clears throat> well, uh, for me, I'm sitting here thinking. Came to me was repentance. You talk about deliverance, but I was thinking repentance. How can we expect God to work for us? Because he cannot look upon sin, will not, if we haven't truly dug out the deep, dark, nasty parts of our heart. And the only way to do that is to confess your sins. Regardless, you know, if people actually knew what you are harboring in your heart, God already knows. So why not tell him what he knows already? Mm-hmm. That's my final thought, Carl. Well, that's cool because that'll segue into next week. Because the 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 last story I have for down there is is about a repentance story, and it's it's probably my my favorite experience that I've ever had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. It may be for a very long time. I don't know what God has in store for the future, but yeah. that's going to be tough to top. <laughs> uh, the, the first thing I want to say is love matters. Um, one of the things that was so impactful, don't get me wrong, the, the deliverance was super important. It, it was. It, it got her to the place where she could see and hear him again. But what what was so impactful for her on the other side of that, when we talked, because I mentioned that we talked for like 45 minutes. Her name was Kathy, by the way, for like 45 minutes or an hour, and she shared. And we were kind of sharing back and forth, and, and she asked where I was from. I'm like, well, I'm from Missouri. And she's like, from Missouri? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Far away is that? Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty long ways out. It's about, about a 20-hour drive um, for me because I had to dip down to Tennessee. And she was like, why? And I'm like, because he told me to. And she's looking around. You know, a lot of people go down there with cameras. They'll do stuff like that, but they want a camera on them mm-hmm. so they can put it on Facebook and show. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm talking about it because I, I feel like he told me to. But my objective wasn't to put a camera on myself and then draw attention to myself and, and blast it all over social media and YouTube and turn into a star. Right. Probably could have if I wanted to. But I don't. And. I felt very passionate about that. And in hindsight, after what she said, I know why he made it clear. Don't do that. Because she noticed she was like people down here. They treat us like animals in a cage. Like we're just here for a selfie. Yeah. We're zoo creatures. And she was like, you're down here. And I'm paraphrasing her, but she's like, you're down here. You're not, you're not filming yourself. You're not drawing attention. It's just out of genuine love. And I'm like, that's how much he loves you, though. You know, he called some nobody from the middle of nowhere, Missouri, to come out here to have this moment with you. Because that was the most powerful moment of the day, of the entire day. And I believe for that day, God brought me to that place just to have that interaction with that one human being that he desperately wanted to redeem. And she saw that because someone was willing to step out in love. It doesn't, it doesn't take anyone special to step out in love. It's, it's just a step. Like he proved that he can guard your step on the way. He just needs you to be willing to step out because people need to feel loved. 
That's what that weekend taught. That's what that day taught me, especially. People so desperately need to feel loved and to remember their love because so many people feel forgotten. And, and that's a pit that the devil will dig for you. And it's so hard to claw your way out of it without help, without an Abedmelech like Jeremiah had to, to have trust in God to lower the rope for him. That's all I did. God did all the work. All I did was stand at the edge. Say, so here we are, God. <laughs> we need your help. Second thing is what really struck me that day, what was on me that whole day long, that whole night, I couldn't stop thinking about it, was in the creation account we find, and you mentioned the creator, like it says, so fitting, in the creation account we find that everything started with darkness. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And then he brought light to separate the darkness from the light. Darkness came first, but what dominates which? Light always dominates darkness. When you turn a light switch on in a dark room, it always lights up. Light never flees in the, in, in the place of darkness. Darkness always flees in the place of light. And Jesus tells us clearly that he is the light of the world. When you walk in his presence, I don't care how dark the environment is, that darkness will flee. It's a natural law. And the natural law teaches us the spiritual law. The darkness has to flee in place of the light. It has no choice. That thing, she saw that thing desperately, furious, angry, with murder in its face, desperately trying to even get a glance at it, and it couldn't even turn its head because the light was there. And it wasn't me. It was Jesus. Jesus was there. And it completely bound that thing up. Didn't matter how strong it was, because he is stronger. Jesus is the authority over every authority. Nothing has dominion over him. Nothing. If you just step in trust, darkness will bend and cower and flee every single time. We have got to walk in trust because people need deliverance. People need freed from these chains. People need to experience his light. And he asks us to simply walk in that so they can see it. We've got to do a lot more of that. That's my final thought. Mm. I so love following you. Not I love, at all. <laughs> I love making <laughs> But the blessing part of this is, is this isn't for me because it's just been put on my heart. I think we, I think we just bumper sticker this one so much, too much, but everybody knows it. But we forget to put it in place and we forget who it's for. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes. He didn't say the perfect. <laughs> he didn't say the preachers. No offense, Micah. You know, everyone. 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 The ones that are struggling, the ones that are broken, like everybody sitting around this table, the ones that are in King Kensington. Is that right? Yeah. Sorry. Um, you know, everyone. We just have to make that choice. Yep. And it's, it's not a one and done. We got to make that choice each and every day. And we have to, no matter how bad we screw up, we have to remember all we got to do is turn back to them. Make that choice. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go ahead and pray us out. Lord our God, we want to boldly stand for you. Yes. Because all those years ago, you sent your son to, to stand for us. <laughs> Gave us everything that we don't deserve. Because we deserve death and nothing more. We love you. We want to do what is right for the kingdom of God. Not to pat ourselves on the back. 
not to make ourselves stars, not to post on social media, not to do any of these things, but to obey you. Yes. To live our life for you. To walk and hopefully be your light in any and every way that we can, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We praise you. And it's in your sandals. Holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Tell that I'm already